Okay, welcome back to our next episode, the episode for October for the Runners Racing Review. We've got Kyle here from Squad Run, and I'm Tom from Wire Run, and we're going to be discussing everything that's happening around southeast Queensland and northern rivers of New South Wales uh, for the month of October. It's been huge, but we're also going to touch on what happened overseas. So welcome back yep. again, Kyle. Thank you very much for having me. Huge October for Kyle. We might touch on that a bit later at the end of the episode. Um, he's been doing some massive races as well, but... Um, but yeah, October was big, wasn't it? It was a huge month. We had plenty going on, plenty locally, which has been really good to see, and obviously yep. some big things happening internationally, but it's been plenty on. Yeah. A lot happening since we last spoke. So obviously the big uh, project was what happened overseas in Vienna with Nike, and we'll yep. touch on that a bit later uh, with the Ineos 159 project. But in this episode, we're going to be talking about uh, local park run. Uh, we'll look at three local park runs that have been happening around. We'll look at the Blackhall 100, which happened on the Sunshine Coast. Big race up there. We'll look at the Scenic Rim <coughs> Ultra, which was a brand new ultra out west. Um, we'll also talk a little bit about Numanbar, which is round two of the, the short course, um, and a few other things as well. But, uh, yeah, let's kick it off with Blackhall, the Blackhall 100. Yeah. So this is one that Kyle knows a little bit about. I do. Did it so, last year. Yep. So what's the what's roughly the elevation for the 100 and the 50? Oh. So off the top of your head. 100 off the top of my head, I think I last year my watch gave me about 3,000, just over 3,000 yeah. for the 100. Um, and then I think the 50, I wouldn't be able to tell you the 50 off the top of my head. I think it's about 1.5, one yeah. 1.6, just yeah. under 2,000 for the 50. Um, but it's a nice course. It's got a mix of everything. Lots of single trail, beautiful flowing, but also some fire trail runnable sections. Yeah, It's one of those courses that if you don't pace it well, you'll pay for it towards yeah. the end. And obviously the weather can play a pretty big part up there at this time of year. And it did this time, this, this year it did in particular. But when I was up there, a few of the runners were saying every single year something seems to be thrown up. They said they've had extreme heat one year. One year they actually had bushfires, I think, one of the guys yep, said. they had to change the course. Uh, and this year, I mean, I've never seen running conditions like it. I don't think it was too bad here on the Gold Coast, but up on the Sunshine Coast at Mont and Mapleton, which is where the race is. I've never witnessed a race, an ultra race certainly, with conditions like that. It was absolutely bucketing down to the point where the crews, as we were going from checkpoint to checkpoint, my wife was in the 50k, but we were going from checkpoint to checkpoint, the crews were having to hide in the portaloos just to keep out of the rain. Proper trail running, it, wasn't it? Unbelievable. And every time the runner was coming in, they were just absolutely drenched and the crews were wet and all the sort of supplies were getting wet as well. So the conditions made it an absolutely incredible race and when you look at the times that were done on that particular day we had a course record in the it was in the hundred really really which is extraordinary running. to break a course record when it's hot and humid i mean it is it is october so when this when the sun does come out and the rain disappears which was great in one way but the humidity went through the roof terrible. so we had thunderstorms rolling over the mountains from the west um we had torrential downpour i was waiting at the 60k uh checkpoint for the hundred which i think was about 38k in the 50 so I got to see the lead men and the lead women come in there, and that was when the, the rain was at its worst, at about one o'clock. Yeah, okay. And you thought that it was going to get better, but it cleared up for an hour, and then it just came down again. So incredible conditions, very slippery. There was lots of people that were falling down and injuring themselves, twisting ankles and things, particularly on the downhill, because um, I think there's a, is there a section called the, the, the buff or the bluff? There is, that you have to go up at about... Yep. I think in the 100, it's just after the marathon mark, you climb for about three or four k's up the yeah. side of a hill with lots of switchbacks. I think the 50k does it around halfway into their yeah. run. Yeah. Um, and my memories of that last year was that it was absolutely boiling on that climb. Yeah. So you kind of got the sun facing on you, no real protection, and it was really hot. Whereas then I was seeing the footage come through this year, yeah. and it was just completely different at times. Yeah. And then it was hot, and then it was pouring rain, and it was pretty. It was nice to be watching it from here and not have to be up there yeah. running in it, which was good. A couple of the 50k runners said that. Uh, because obviously it was raining so heavy, the cloud, the cloud was actually quite low, yeah, and right. it was surrounding them as they were coming up through there. So they had a real trouble with depth uh, perception, yeah, okay. trying to see, see too far in front of them. And one particular runner, one of the female runners, Katie Dahl, she came, I think, fifth in the 50k. She said it actually made her feel quite nausea. Yeah, okay, interesting. Uh, because she couldn't, it was she just felt suffocated continuously yeah. because of the low Which cloud and the fog and things like that. She really couldn't anything. feel that she could breathe and get and get some oxygen in. So. Yeah, to everyone who did that, congratulations yeah, well on done. finishing it. I mean, the finish is great, isn't it? When you run into the hall and you get to ring the cowbell. Um, that was probably the one thing I was looking forward to last year. Yeah. That would kind of kept, kept me going the whole day was just, I've got to get and ring that bell. Yeah. It's something unique about the race. It's I iconic, think that's what it? everyone goes there for. It's something different. Yep. People want to do it. And I what mean, a cool UTA's got the stair climb at the end. And Blackall's I'd much got rather that. ring a bell than right, go up those stairs. But Blackall's well got done, the, Blackall. Um, yeah, the, the cowbell at the end. And people sprint into that hall, uh, yeah. particularly if you're trying to get under an hour mark or... Um, or if you're going for a place, they sprint into the hall and give that bell a, a pretty hard shake. Yeah, absolutely. So let's just go over a couple of the results, starting with the 100. Uh, so Ryan Crawford won the 100 in a course record time. 
953, which I think is a couple of minutes quicker than... Only a couple, I think three or four minutes faster than Ewan last year yep. when he ran, but... So he won it, um, and of course Ryan, um, he did very, very well in the BVRT 100 mile uh, yes. early this year, but DNF'd in that one, but led for most of the race, so he's got great pedigree, he, he's got great form. He does. Um, very tall guy. He is very tall. Does a lot of martial arts, I think, if he does. Because whenever he comes in, he's always wearing some sort of martial arts t shirt. Yep, that's correct. Doesn't look like the sort of guy you'd expect to be at the front, but just has an incredible, obviously, stamina and incredible mental strength. He, and, and he's racing really well at the moment. Absolutely, he does. And he did it last year, actually. He was in Blackwall last year. Yep. And again, went out with the front couple that went out really hard most of I think he had a bit of a rough day last year, but obviously he's yeah. rectified those issues and had an absolutely storming run. So he ran in 9.53, and then Steve Pemberton was about 26 minutes later, and Daryl Hill, who, of course, we know quite well, because Daryl is one of the pace runners for the Gold Coast Marathon. He's the 2.50 pacer. He is. Um, and you've done a couple of events with him as yeah, well. Yeah, big with him, him this year. Uh, so Daryl, I think this is one of the first individual sort of trail pretty, races that yeah, he's had. Yeah, he, he first came, individual 100k He trail. came third in, it was about an hour back. Now, these boys all came through the checkpoint at 60k roughly together. They were kind of in the same yep. checkpoint at the same time. Although um, Ryan came in, obviously, a few minutes earlier and left a few minutes before Daryl. Um, but Daryl, I saw on social media afterwards, said that he's had a go at a trail race and he's not sure if he's going to be yeah, back again. No, but said it wasn't for him. It wasn't for him. It's not bad, though, coming third, isn't it, when you I can think, say it's not for him. I, I think he'll be back at some point. <laughs> I don't imagine that'll be it for him. I reckon he's got some big things ahead. And the girls' race was so close the whole day. Jess Schluter ended up winning it. Um, Alana Vaught second and Chrissy Redwood uh, was third. But again, they were at that 60k mark. They were all together. Uh, obviously, it was a really exciting race to yeah. watch and follow along as well because we were waiting for the updates to kind of come through. And sometimes some of these people, like their chips weren't scanning yep. into the checkpoints, so we didn't know where everyone was. Yeah. We knew everyone was really close, and I was getting messages from people on the course telling me how close it was. Yep. The checkpoint splits weren't working out, so that was actually probably the most exciting thing to watch. Mm. The front of that females race was for the whole afternoon was really, really exciting. Because it looked like Jess at one stage had DNF'd as well, well later on. That's what at, I thought. At, at like 80, point. 85k, it had Alana in the lead, and you're thinking, well, we don't know what's actually happened there. But yeah, obviously with the weather, the, the timing chips and things like that were playing up a little bit, understandably. And then in the 50k, we had Josh Cochran at 4.32, Luke Garrett at 4.38, and uh, Oscar Booth at 4.52, so that was another great great race i'm not too sure i don't know too much was, about those boys well it was interesting so the interesting thing with the 50 with was that ben duffus was in it as well yes yes, yes and he right. had a big lead in that run mm. and was probably looking to win he would have gone well under four hours yep. i would say and was looking to win but he had a quite bad ankle roll from what i saw around the 30k mark yes. or so and had to walk out the rest yep. of that loop because i saw him at that 38 checkpoint yeah. just hobbling out yes yep. so i think he had a massive lead early on so i think I don't know how long it took those guys to realise that he was out. It probably yeah. wasn't going to be until they passed him around that point with not too far to go. But I think they all thought they were racing for second. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> they would have seen him walking along the trail up in front and realised, okay, it's on now. The wind's yeah. up for grabs. So, but that is trail racing, isn't it? Like, that's exactly right. Finishing the course and actually navigating your way through those technical sections is a big part of it. Um, and in the female race, we had Cecilia Mathis. Uh, I think I pronounced that right. And the great thing about her race, four hours, 59 minutes, 59 seconds. How to have been at that finish that? line <laughs> as she's run in uh, would have been great to see. And I think she's uh, a Finnish girl. I think she's from yes. Finland. Uh, but I think she's a local on the Sunshine Coast. That was the understanding that I had because they interviewed her before the race on the start line yep. and asked her a bit about the course. And then Emma Burgess, 5.30, was second. And Mindy Durden, I think that's how you pronounce it. Apologies if not, five hours, 40. So, yeah, the racing was good. It was very fast in really tough conditions. I expected the times to be a lot slower. I didn't expect, you know, a female winner to go under five hours. I didn't expect the female <laughs> winner of the 100 to go as quick as they did. And certainly, a course record on that day wasn't, wasn't to be expected. Wasn't to be expected, but um, it was a, an incredible day to watch and a great day to witness. And like we said in the previews, if a lot of people, they try and enter UTA, obviously, because it's mm -hmm. the, the big race in Australia, but Blackhall really has a huge event feel to it. It does. You know, you've got the, the, really good the welcome to country ceremony the day before. Um, you've got that great finish that we talked about. Um, even the way that they present the bibs, the bibs are great to yep. look at. They put a lot of time and a lot of money into that. So it has a really good event feel. And when you go up to those, those little towns and villages, Mapleton and Montville and Mullaney, it has a real UTA feel about it because you're going into the mountains, does. these tiny little communities, and you just go there to race and then you leave. Um, but I think what, what Blackwell does well is they've got that bit that feels like UTA, but they do have their own little spin on everything yeah. as well. So it's yeah. kind of got that big event feel like UTA, but it's its own event completely yeah. and it's right. And I think within the next three, four, five years, it'll be close to, if not just as big as UTA. Yeah. I reckon it's going to be a yeah. really, really big event here on the coast. Uh, 
Sunshine Coast. Because they said the numbers in the in the 50 were double last yeah. year. And I think it'll just continue to, once those people see that, the yeah. numbers will just continue to grow. Yeah. The other interesting point about Blackhall, because we obviously had the ultramarathon man, Dean Carnassus, yes, over yes, running yeah. in the 100k. That's right. So yeah. I had a bit of a chat to his support crew who was looking after him throughout that run. And apparently now he was quite sick going into the event. So didn't he still finished and did amazing to finish considering what conditions he was in. But I heard his support crew tell me that he'd said during the run that that was the hardest day he's ever had on a trail. Wow. So for someone of yeah. his experience and yeah. stature to say that, says something about, now obviously sickness is going to play a part yeah. in that as well, but for that just says something about the course and the conditions that it wasn't an easy day out no. there. So that's a little bit of inside information from how that day and unfolded And that's great promotion well. for the race as well, for him to say Absolutely. that around the world. People you know, hear got that. this race in the Blackhall Rangers to come and do it. Um, just on Dean, they said at one stage, I can't remember what part of the day it was, maybe it was two o'clock in the afternoon, that he'd actually stopped and had a bit of a lie down. Yes. <laughs> so, well, I think, because I think, again, inside information here, that he said he was going to lie down for 20 or 30 minutes, got in the car, lasted a few minutes and said, no, I can't sleep, let's keep going, yeah. and got up and kept going, yeah. but tried to sleep. So I don't know how long that sleep actually lasted yeah. for, but... Yeah. Again, tough day all around by everyone. Yeah, and it's, it's one that I've, I haven't done. Um, I think my wife's now looking at doing that one as her race every single year. Okay. Um, as I go to UTA, she'll be doing Blackhall, but it'll be one that I'll certainly have a go at if You've I get a chance. At some point. The 50 or 100. Some point. So, yeah, well done to everyone who did that and a great event from, um, from the guys who organised Blackhall. So another big race that we had in October here in the Gold Coast region was the first ever Scenic Rim Ultra. So mm. that's obviously a new race that's being put on by Andrew and the team out out west, which is yeah. nice to have a few races going on there. So on the edge events, putting this race on, they put on a 69 kilometer race and a 105 kilometer race, which then turned into a 109 kilometer race. Yeah. Now, I actually got a bit of a sneak peek a few months ago at what this course was gonna be like, because I think the exciting thing for a lot of people here on the coast was that no one's ever really run out there. Yeah. It's all new areas and new trails for people to explore. So. I went out there to have a look with a few of the other ambassadors for the event and we went out there and had a look and straight away the first thing I thought was this is going to be a really hot race mm. and this was back in winter when we went out there and it was still quite warm and we went out and looked there was a massive climb that everyone in the 109 had to do it around the 60k mark that went for about 10 kilometers up this huge hill mm. on this road and I just thought that looks absolutely yeah. terrible. Because it's quite open, isn't it? It's very open, very exposed. And I thought, well, it's going to be in October. This is the potential yeah. for this to be quite a warm race. And So I guess the openness is great because it's different from running under the canopy. Like That's we exactly do for right, a lot of ultras, completely but, different. But yeah, like you said, the flip side, in October, you're exposed, exposed to the sun. Exposed to the conditions. Yeah. And what a nice warm day it turned out to be, <laughs> <laughs> turned out to be for yeah. everyone. Um, so conditions well up in the high 30 degrees for everyone oh. on this day. So... Not ideal conditions, but obviously everyone kind of knew leading into it that week that conditions were going to be quite warm. Mm. And obviously we had quite a few people jump into this race given that Coastal High didn't go ahead and yeah. they were looking for a race to do using that fitness from there. So they had a decent number first year. I think they did really well from all accounts. No one really got lost too much, which is good. Yeah. Everyone seemed to enjoy it. Obviously it was hot and it was tough, but overall it was a big success. Yeah. So we'll start off with the 69 kilometer race. Um, now that obviously had more people in it than the 109. So if we start with the ladies in that, we had Esther Cahill ran 929. And that just goes to show that winning female time, mm. 929 on a 69 kilometer course, yeah. it's a tough course. We've yeah. got thousands of meters of climbing. It's hot, it's exposed. Yeah. So that just goes to show how tough this course was. Erin Appleton, 1040. Audrey Gilliman in 1055. So reasonably close between especially second and third only 15 minutes over that and a strange distance as well it's a strange distance 69 yeah, it's not it's more than the 50 but it's mm. but 69 kilometers with that much elevation it's not that much off a closer to a 100k yeah. flat race yeah. time-wise so and a difficult one i imagine to, to pace it because absolutely if you do go out like you think well it's not really 100 but it's only a little bit further than a 50 but it's it's a it's a fair bit further than a 50 much, like, isn't it you could exactly really do right. some you could damage. do some big especially when yeah. it's that hot as well i think yeah. that's the biggest thing even if it was a flat race being in that hot conditions it's yeah it's, it makes, takes a massive toll on your body so that was the ladies one and then if we have a look at the 69 kilometer male results we had henry coombs obviously yeah. good friend of both of ours we've done lots of running with he ran eight hours 11 and we had troy lethlian in second he ran 829 now those two guys ran pretty much the whole day together and i think yeah. they're both kind of using it from what i've heard as just a bit of a good long hit out they just wanted to have a good, enjoyable day. Yeah. I think from what I, when I spoke to Troy, he just said towards the end, the heat just got to him. He just wasn't feeling well and he just needed to slow down towards the end. Mm. And Henry was going to stay with him and he said, no, Henry, you just go yeah. and go and keep running yeah. if you're feeling good. So they ended up finishing about 18 minutes apart. 
which was great running by both of those mm. with 8 hours 11 and 8.29. And then Daniel Broadbridge, who's up from Brisbane, another young trail ultra runner. He came third in 9.33. It would, it would have been interesting. I mean, they, Henry and Troy, when they say it's a good long hit out, it's, they're still running. They're still they're moving still, well. They're still pushing. That's right. Up. It would have been fascinating to know what would have happened in the last 5K. You know, friendships been... aside then, you're looking for a win and an ultra, and you take any win that you could possibly can. Exactly right. It would have been, I would have loved to have seen yeah. that, to be honest, but it wasn't to be. Yeah. And Henry Henry picked up the win, so well done, Henry. Great, great run by him. And if you want to see a good um, overview from Henry, yes. I think he's actually done a write-up recently. He did recently. do a little write-up. Which, on their Facebook page, so that's, that's right. a good, good one to have Scenic Room Ultra's posted up, so get on there and have a read of how his day unfolded. Um, and then in the females 109 kilometer race, Megan Coffey, 1519. Mm-hmm. Second place we had Lauren Shea, 1752. And in third place we had Naomi Mitchell in 1841. So again, great running by all the ladies in that 109 kilometers. That is a tough, long yeah. day in those conditions and those hills. And I know just from seeing footage of the course as well, there was a lot of off-trail sections that Andrew that weren't necessarily trails to start with and Andrew yeah. said yeah there's a trail down there somewhere I'll just <laughs> cut through the bush there and we're heading down that way so it would have been yeah and having seen it on the short course series as well there would have been quite a lot of sandy sections as well which is obviously slows people sandy down sections off trail it was proper trail running that event mm. I think that's what it's such I suppose in 2019 there is just so many trail races mm. around if you're going to put a new race on you kind of have to make it unique and make something different about mm. it so I think Andrew and the team did that really well, and as in this was something that no one had really experienced before this yeah. type of run. So, well done to that to the team out there, and I think this will be a big race next year, and I think it'll continue to grow as well, being in a new area. So, and the men's hundred, men's hundred, hundred nine. So whatever it was. we had in first place Brad Aird, who's again good friend of ours. So Brad ran fourteen oh seven, which is again for that distance and elevation, that's a great mm, time yeah. on that course in those conditions. Second, we had Anthony Polner in 15.17, and third place, Richard Albertson in 15.31. Yeah. Now, again, great running by those guys. Again, close, only 14 minutes between second and third mm. over 15 and a half hours. That's yeah. close racing, given that amount of time. But I had a chat to Brad about how the day unfolded for him, and he said he ran the first probably few hours with a couple of people, and then he was on his own for pretty much the rest of the event after yeah. that. So he said his goal was to just try and get as much done in the daylight as he could so he didn't have to run too much at night, um, but obviously ended up having to run yeah. for the last few hours at night. But he said it was tough. It was a tough, tough day. Um, but from what I heard with him, he actually paced it reasonably well. Yeah. Um, so he was quite happy with that in the end. And I even spoke to him towards the end with a couple of k's to go. You actually come out of this big grass paddock down into this open field, and this mm. would have happened at night. And he turned around when he got down onto the paddock and saw a headlamp behind him, who he thought, oh God, this must be the second place run in the 109. Oh, right. I need to go. I've been leading for 107 yeah, yeah. Ks. I need to run. So he sprinted through to the finish, only to find out later that Hunter Dodds, who was another ambassador for the event, yep. he was just going out to see how the runners were going oh, and check right. on them. And he was trying to catch up with him just to run with him towards <laughs> the end to see how he was going. So that's hilarious on yep. Brad's behalf. So Brad took off trying to run away from him and Hunter was just trying to catch up and see how he was going. And is, so, is that Brad's first win in, a, in an ultra of that distance that you know of? He's done, he won the 50 miler at BVRT this year or last year. Yeah. I think he's done that as well. So he's, I think he was first or second. I'm just going to double check that. But no, he's definitely done well, especially up around the Glasshouse region and this local southeast Queensland area. He's had a couple of really good results in those longer, in those longer races. And where do you see this fitting in to the race calendar? Like we just, we talked about Blackhole being October and we talked about obviously UTA being in May. Gold Coast so, Marathon being in July, where does this... So this one for next year is actually going to be moved back to August, yep. which is quite exciting for that given that it's two months earlier. It's going to mm. be much colder being mm. in winter potentially as well if they get lucky with that. So I think given that those conditions are going to be much more pleasant for runners next year, I think it'll be a really good test for people that are looking to build into those bigger, hillier, mm. potentially 100-mile races. I know people a lot of definitely have their eyes on heading over to UTMB and those type yep. of races. This would be an absolutely beautiful stepping stone yep. to a big race like that. So if people are thinking, I really want to test myself out on the Australian scene for a, a, quite a tough pretty much 110 kilometer run with a lot of hills it'll be the perfect race mm. for that which we don't really have up here in queensland as much yeah blackhall's definitely more runnable than the scenic rim one as well so to have something up here that's actually quite hilly and challenging to really test that side of your mm. running i think it'll fit in beautifully for people and i think it'll be on a lot of people's radar for next year do you think that's a weather issue that's that's the reason andrew's brought it forward or is it because so of... i haven't actually spoken to him about that i'd say that it'd have to play a part yeah. in it as well and obviously given how close it was to blackall i yeah. think they'd probably you'd probably want to try and space those out because there's a lot of people that are probably did blackall thinking oh actually that interests me a lot yeah. but i really enjoyed blackall and it yeah. was quite close and vice versa so that gives people the option to then back up given there's a two-month gap yeah. between between races so 
big things to come for the scenic rim ultra. Yeah. So let's jump over to uh, the short course series now, the Southeast Queensland short course series. Um, obviously, inaugural was round one, Numanbar was round two. I laced the boots up and had a bit of a shot at uh, Numanbar since it's a local one down here. And my goodness, you forget how hard it is. I mean, I just I did the short course, seven k, three hundred fifty meters of climbing. I was like, what? And you get that first little single trail section, and then you you take a right, and from there, there's not even the downhill. The downhill's tough. Yep. There's nothing runnable at Numanbar at all. It's a great course. And then you look at the long course, it's 11k and it's 450 metres of climbing. You're like, well, that's you may almost as well have done the, the long course. You may as well have done. done the long course. But a, a, a huge event again, uh, well run. This one, obviously, there's multiple waves, isn't there, at Numanbar because you've got Correct. to navigate the, those big pipes at the start, yep. little tunnels that go through. Um, but the results, fast again. I mean, let's start with the, the long course. Um, three women, two of them that we know quite well. There was Kristen, she won it in 104. Christy came second in 105 and Britt came second in 105 as well. Uh, I think Christy's course record time is 59 minutes, I think, last year. Yep. Um, but they were all close together. In the long course, I mean, this guy is almost unbeatable. At the moment, no one can beat him. In southeast Queensland. Well, there's one guy who can beat him. There's only one guy I've seen beat Vincent. And so Vincent wins a lot of these races. And he, he only ever wins by a couple of minutes, but he just seems to... Win, doesn't he? Just he? Wins. It's only it close, but he gets it done every time. So, so Vincent Fletcher, 50 minutes and 51 seconds. Andrew Day, 51.39. And Aidan Kelly, just a touch over 52. And Vincent just loves this series, doesn't he? No matter where the race is, he goes and wins it. As I there. said, there's only one guy I've seen beat him, and that's Tom Brimelow when, when we do up the buff. <laughs> that's true. It seems Tom seems to be the only one that can get the, the wall over. Actually, Aidan Hobbs beat him last year at Inogra oh, okay. comfortably. But yep. Aiden obviously, very, very fast yep. roadrunner. They're so the Vincent, only two times yeah, I've seen him beaten. So this is kind of Vincent's series, isn't it? Like, he, he does well in these ones and he often wins it. And then the short course, um, wave one, I think, was... What wave were we in? We were wave one in the short course, which I think was wave 13 overall. And so Troy uh, Lethley and he went in that one and, yep. and won that wave in 35-20-ish, something like that. Um, and there was, a, there was quite a few people. that He won that wave by about two minutes and then there was quite a few people who were second, third, fourth, fifth altogether. Um, but it, as the results came through, then Luke Kilborn, who went in a couple of waves later, who we've talked a bit about in, for Parkrun in previous episodes, he ran 31.41, sorry, 34.41 to beat Troy by 20 or 30 seconds. Yep. So that would have been really interesting had been, he been in the, the same, same wave, wave. Because Luke had two minutes on the rest of us in that, sorry, um, Troy had two minutes on, on the rest of us in that, that wave. Yes. So was obviously running hard, but running comfortably and Knowing wasn't getting he was pushed. Knowing was in the lead, that's right. So it would have been great to see that... Um, and in the female race, uh, interestingly, Sarah Parkinson, 38-12. Now, when I looked at her result last year, I think she did 41 or 42 minutes. So she's knocked three or four That's minutes impressive. off to win the female race. And when you look at, you know, third place in the men's was John Price, third, just a touch over 37 minutes. So Sarah Parkinson, 38 minutes. So she's she's close there. She's well inside Absolutely. the top 10. close to the podium for the men. Um, it's good and to then see. Amanda Vitell, I think is how you pronounce it, and Diana Ma for second and third. So an, another great event for the Southeast Queensland Trail Running Series. And I think now we go to Pomona next weekend in early November. And I think it's Bayview, yep. the two races in November. So if you're looking for some short, fast races to do over the summer. Jump into those quickly, because again, yep. another sold out event. Yep, sold so out. If you want There's to get no, in. No on the, on the day entry. No. So um, yeah, to another great event at Numanbar. And when you look at the maps, of the, the, the course maps when you're leading up to it, you look at the elevation, you go, that doesn't look too bad. It looks okay. <laughs> And then you turn up there and you start and you're just like, wow, it's because you're running so hard, aren't That's you? Right. Even the short course, you're running 7K, you're really pushing. You're running it like a park run. That's exactly right. And when you hit these hills, you're thinking, these are big hills. They're and even small. if there's only 40 metre climbs, they're tough climbs. There's no easy parts in no, that course. You know, you're not hiking. I think Pomona looks like it's just up and back twice and then a return leg. Yep. So I think there's four or five hills in that. Uh, they're not massive climbs, they're 30 or 40 metres, but you're running them at such a high heart rate and such a speed that they just, they really do you over quite badly. <laughs> Absolutely, that's, like I said, the short course in that one being almost just as much climbing as the long course, yeah. that's probably a tougher race than the long course yeah. at Numanbar and both of them. And the downhills, obviously the, the uphills at Numanbar are steep, but then the equivalent downhill, it's not a lovely gradual downhill. I mean, the end is the last 2K is quite like that, but... When you're right out the back, they're very sharp descents. It's tough running. And I think that's where the technical. guys who win these races, they are very good technical Definitely. downhill runners. Definitely. So yeah, so short course, jump in if you can for those two races in November at Pomona and Bayview. All right, my favorite segment. I do love it every single week. 
You do, uh, don't you? Park Run. Now, we've got three to talk about. There's one big event to talk about, and I know it's Paradise Point. We always talk Paradise Point. The drama but keeps coming, though. The drama keeps coming. I don't know if it's just a drama place for sport or, or for running, or whether it's because we talk about it and the drama goes there. I don't know, but... Talk us through what happened. I'm not sure of the date, but it happened this month. Where no, a course we... record equaling run. We do have to the second. The date it was the 19th of October. Yeah. Now, so when the rest of the world is thinking, um, yeah, the, the project, the 159 project. Yeah, no, no, we're all focusing on Paradise Everyone's Point. Focusing Rock on run, Vienna. We want to know what's going on here at Paradise Point. So it was so. Vienna and Paradise Point are the two hubs of racing Absolutely. on that day. Absolutely. What happened? So. Obviously, we've talked about it in the past. Troy Rustin's got the course record there at 15.41. Yep. Anthony Ferrugia has won there more times than I yep. can count and obviously would like that course record yep. given how many times he's run there. So Anthony obviously lined up on that day as well. Troy was there as well, pacing another one of his friends, Nick Kirkup, and they all three went out together. They mm -hmm. were going really quick. Now, Troy ended up dropping out at 3Ks after he'd finished pacing Nick. Yep. And Anthony ended up beating Nick and equaling Troy's course record at Paradise Point. To the second. To the second. So 15.41 by Anthony. So now they share that course record at 15.41 at Paradise Point. The other little part, interesting part of that, that was Anthony had claimed that he'd missed the start yeah. at Paradise Point. Now, we actually saw the photo of the start. And I reckon he may have missed it by half a second that to a second. Could be enough. But it could be enough. It could be enough that that could have got him the course record. Whether but it's anyway, true or not, it, it, it yeah, adds to we'll the story, doesn't to, it? Exactly right. That's just drama. The other point that I think Troy wanted me to bring up was that Anthony had the next percent Nike shoes on, so uh, okay. maybe okay. we dock him 10 or 15 <laughs> seconds off that. So. There's so many elements to it, isn't there? It's I becoming, like the it's becoming it's a real battle, this one. So um, now that they've done that, they've got to have a showdown at some point. Equal course record holders. We have to. You boys just put have a, to have a race. We might even get there. And, oh, we've got to get there to watch it. We've got to make this happen. So the drama continues to build in the Paradise yeah. Point Paradise Point drama. So yeah. exciting um, racing there. So on that day, and the guy that uh, Troy was pacing uh, ran 15.50 for second. Incredibly quick time as well. So, yep. so yeah, the course record, 15.41. Now well shared done, between, Anthony. between Anthony and, and Troy. And like we said, it'd be great to see those two go head to head yep um, and we've had a female winner there two wins in a row uh, Lisa Labuski I think is how you pronounce her name hopefully yep. that's okay so 1921 um, two wins in a row there which is great so the female time is coming down as well yep um, and I, I know we've talked a bit about Paradise Point obviously but I want to try a couple of other park runs now sure. um, someone that I met uh, last weekend on a runner that I kind of know um, he mentioned Gainsborough Greens which I think is just north of Coomera yes it's around that, area. that area it's quite a new park run um, and there we've had quite a few different winners. Um, Hayley Newman has, has won up there. Shannon Chapman set the course record for the females up there this month. Um, Amelia Kutze, who's actually a, a student at a school that I work at at the moment. She's an ex-student there. Okay. I think she's an ex-student. She's in the senior school maybe. And her brother actually, Owellyn Kutze, he won one of the weeks as well. So a couple of uh, uh, younger guys have, and girls have won that particular one. Pedro Sullivan who's right. a guy I've raced many, many years ago, has won one of them up there as well. And interestingly, the 26th of the 10th, 26th of October, I don't know the relationship between these two, but Matthew Egan, Holly Egan. Right. Male winner, female winner. There's got to be some connection there. I don't know if that's husband and wife. I don't, I don't know the age of these people. That could be father, daughter, could be brother, sister. I don't, I don't know, but surely that's got to be a first. That's, that's Same surname. Cool. Obviously related in some way. Look that up and see whether there's related in some way, and well, male right. winner and female winner. Um, and the other one I wanted to mention was Tambourine Mountain, which not too many people that I know have done it. Um, but it tough seems course. that tough course, it right. seems that breaking 20 minutes is quite tough up there because when I've had a look at the course, you run around the sports field. So I think it's I think it's more cross country than anything. Well, that's what it looks like from the photos and the yeah. elevation profile. It seems to very much be that. But Aaron Hassel has won six out of the last seven up there, so he's right. dominating that. He's becoming the Anthony Ferrugia of the Tambourine Park Run. Interesting. Um, but yeah, maybe someone can pop up to, to Tambourine and who's I a think cross country specialist. There. Absolutely, it looks like and, someone needs to be knocked off up there and, and a bit of challenge that needs to happen up there. But um, you mentioned uh, before we started recording that Kira has yes, had a couple of good results we had as well. A very impressive result. So again. 12th of October. Um, again, everyone must have been excited for mm. the 159 thing because yep. everyone was running really fast on that day. Rose Davies ran 16.24 to mm. win the female race and the wow. overall race at Kira. So that is a lightning fast time yeah. on a park run course. So just wanted to mention that. Well done, Rose. That's a very, very impressive time. So 
1624. Yeah, because one on the on the Parkrun website, you have the sub 17 male section, and the female is sub 19. Is that correct? Sub 19. Sub 20 on some of them, they even yeah. have it as sub 20. But I think you get a special mention on the Parkrun page if you go sub 19. So she's yes. actually gone sub 17 as well. She's moved into the male That's category for that. So um, so impressive. So yeah, so Paradise Point obviously is our our favourite and it's our, the focal point that we talk about because of how fast the racing is there. That's right. But yeah, Gainsborough Green uh, looks like there's plenty of different winners up there. Tambourine, if you can go and break 20, would be great. And if you want fast running, obviously down at Kira. Just got some inside gossip. Oh, yeah. The Egan. Here we go. Siblings, Egan. I'm assuming. Siblings. Siblings. Holly, 11 to 14. 11 Matthew, to 14 years old. 18 to 19. I'm assuming, well, they may not be siblings, but they're both quite young. 11 to 14. She's, el- she's in the 11 to 14 age group. That's what it says on here. And she's winning the games. Matthew Green ran. He's in the 18 to 19. Yep. Holly Egan, 11 to 14 category. Wow. 22 13. Because I think Matthew Egan's come up to Paradise Point. I'm sure we've mentioned yeah. him in, in the past couple of episodes. So, so, so I'm assuming Games McGreens yes, is, the, is the place for the, the young athletes. The young ones that are building up at Games McGreens and then coming so the, out to the other ones. Amelia Kutzi <laughs> and Llewellyn Kutzi, they're obviously quite young because I know them from, from the education sector. And so the Egan's young okay. as well. There we go. We're all going to overtake him. So you think you're a young guy, but you're no, not I'm a young competitor I'm, I'm these guys. Now. I'm definitely not young you're anymore. You're masters competitor these guys. <laughs> so yeah, Park Run, it's a great event as it always is. And hopefully as, the, as these months warm up, it's going to get tougher and tougher and harder and harder. But summer racing is good. And Park Run obviously Absolutely. can be a place to go and just bash out a good 5k in the heat. I definitely um, think we need to get to a Park Run in the next we few We talk weeks. about We've it got, so much. I know, we never go. We need to. But we need to go. We need to go. I'm a bit nervous about going now. <laughs> I know honest. all this talk of everyone doing so I well. Am, I don't know where to go. All these oh, different ones. We'll no, get there soon. We we'll definitely will. Soon. Definitely will. All right. So uh, we won't talk too much about this because obviously there's been an overload of of stuff about the Nike yes. Enios 159 project. But all we've heard about. For the I last think everyone month. in the yeah everyone in the running. Well, it seems to be all that's on my social yeah, media me feed. Too. Me too. And then you and then you go and meet someone. They're like, I didn't know anything about that event. And you're like, yeah. surely you've seen it. Yeah, it's, seen it's, that's all I'm it's seeing. All I'm seeing completely. So. Um, but yeah, obviously it's saturated the news, so we won't talk too much about it, the details and things. Uh, but it was an extraordinary oh, day to watch. Incredible we watched to watch. it together with a couple of mates, and uh, yeah, a great thing to witness from a sporting point of view. Unbelievable. So we'll just talk about it for a couple of minutes now, just to get your thoughts on the shoes, because this seems to be the focal point now. Yes. What's it's, your take on it? Look, I think... As an un- unsponsored Nike athlete. As an unsponsored <laughs> Nike athlete. Look, I think at the end of the day, any type of technological advancements in sport, they're always going to happen at some point. Mm. Like, look when we went from concrete tracks across yeah. to the tracks we've got now. We've gone to aero bikes. All these yeah. things that, you know, look at tennis rackets over the years, golf clubs, all these things. And I know, obviously, running is a very performance-based sport where the t- whatever you're wearing will be the thing that changes yeah. the outcome. At the end of the day, we've gone from everyone running in Dunlop volleys to the shoes that we run yeah. in now. It's just going to be that next progression. It's obviously just everyone's not that happy given that not everyone has access to that shoe at the yeah. moment. And I know that the IAAF were going to be meeting this week. I didn't I haven't actually seen what the outcome of it was. And they were going to say that those shoes, they were going to make them legal, but they were going to put some regulations around how shoes can be made in the future, yeah. basically. As long as it's not giving an actual mechanical advantage motorised shoe, yeah. so to speak, it'll be legal. But they're going to potentially, I heard there was talk that they were going to limit the thickness of a midsole. Yeah. So basically saying the midsole can be a certain thickness. You're not allowed to go more than that. You can do whatever you want as long as it's not motorised within that thickness of midsole. Yeah. You can make it as technologically advanced as you like, but you can't go any thicker than that. Yeah. So that's the wording, isn't it? That, I've seen that a few times. The motorised element. Yes. And the thickness of the midsole. So I, I, a lot of the stuff that I'm reading seems to be focusing and based around the fact that there are three carbon plates in this yes. shoe. And most shoes only have one. Yep. Including the shoes that a lot of people are running in now, the Nikes that they're running in. And with these three carbon plates, by putting a layer of foam or a layer of air in between, they actually yep. begin to act like a spring because it forces those plates obviously right. force down. So that seems to be where a lot of the critics are going with this shoe. And I think at the, at the end of the day, even if you've got the foam without the carbon plates, that's going to act like a spring, just not as well as what it would yeah. with the carbon plates. They're all acting like that in some regard. It's just on a different scale. It's just whether they put a limit on how much energy return you can get. And they say yeah. this percentage of energy return is the limit. Do whatever you want within that percentage. Mm. Make it as light or as efficient yeah. as you like, but you're not allowed to go more than that. So I think they'll start to put some potential regulations on those limits. Yeah. But I think the shoes will stay legal as yeah. they are at the moment. And I actually see it as, as a good thing. But the fact that a shoe's come out like this, it's making the IAAF think. That's right. And to provide more regulation around it. Yep. And no doubt that's what's had to happen in the cycling world. Yeah, exactly right. But as you said, the cycling world, you have bikes that are better than other bikes. You have disc wheels. You have carbon fiber 
frames, you have air streamlined helmets, things. you've got everything. Exactly right, exactly. And I think this is just going to make. I don't see the shoe industry booming in a bad way. Now I see the shoe, the shoe industry booming in a way that is more regulated, yep. and and there'll be more parameters around what they can build and, and more what competition they can't build. between brands as well. Exactly. So, so I think it'd be a good thing all around for the running yeah and you can't hold technology back just because we're learning more about shoes and we're exactly learning more right. about how to get energy return out of shoes that's right and i think <laughs> at the end of the day ever there's been so much negativity around the shoes and everyone mm. wants to talk about the shoes i'm like at the end of the day i've never seen so many people talking about running and marathon yeah. running ever yeah so like that's my positive yeah. takeaway i couldn't care less whether it's whatever they're talking about the amount of people that i've spoken to that have talked to me about it that have no idea about running yeah. that have now watched this and thought mm. that was incredible I think it's a big success yeah. regardless of yeah. the shoes and whatever they're talking about. To get that many people interested in running was unbelievable. Mm. And I suppose the other thing we want to talk about with the Nike thing as well I wanted to mention, that if we went back to our predictions when we first said it on the podcast, <laughs> you said 159.40 and I said, oh, I was going to say 159.41. I'll jump back and say something yeah. a bit lower. 159.40.2 One, or 44, whatever 40. it was. I, it's, I've, it was I've very, <laughs> We were very accurate with that. I was very happy with that. I that very, was, really predicted anything or picked anything but and i said it to the guys at work some of them are recreational casual runners and I, they said to me the day before what do you think and i said 159.40 and then when it came in they were just gobsmacked and they said did you put some money on it and i said no i said i probably should have <laughs> wish you had but i said to them afterwards although it's a prediction and it seems great there wasn't really too if you think about it there was, i knew he wasn't going to go over two no. that in my head so i'm yeah, thinking so okay it's going to be 159 something so i was a one in, to be i was a one in 60 chance of getting it right that's right um but as he sprinted towards the line, we're going to stand there going, this is incredible. It was very, very To hit on the head. I don't know the odds. Maybe yeah. I should. I don't think I even want to know the odds. But for I think at the was. end of the day, when you look how consistent his splits was with that car pacing, and mm. he was on that 159.50 pace the whole run, he was always going to be around that. If he yeah. picked up at the start, he was always going to run around that 159.40. Yeah. Like, it was pretty... Yeah. It was going to be around that no matter what. The, um, the highlight for me, though, was the press conference afterwards. One of the... Someone asked him about... You know, you appeared to slow in the middle for a couple of Ks. You went backwards. Was there ever a time when, you know, you'd, in that race that you thought it wasn't going to happen and you just looked at the person and just went, no. Like, no explanation, just no. Yeah. Not, not at all. That's all he needed to say. I was going to do it. And he said, he said from the first kilometre onwards that he it was on. He knew it was, was going to happen. He made it look very, very comfortable. And, of course, the Aussie boys, it was great to see them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we what had people. Experience. We had runners from Norway. We had the three boys from Norway, the three brothers. Um, and we had some Japanese paces in there as well, um, and obviously some Americans in there. And now uh, Jack Rayner, who obviously was one of the paces, he's running in New York tomorrow. As is Brett Robinson, they're both yep. running, so that'll be really good to see how they go. Well, tonight, really. Yeah. Midnight and tonight, our time yeah. they start. So. so, yeah, I mean, the shoes for me, it's got people fascinated by running. I think the regulations yep. are going to be tighter around it as a result, which Absolutely. is good. Um, and you see everyone now at Parkrun, they're wearing... They're wearing the shoes. They're wearing the shoes. <laughs> Great marketing by Nike. They're wearing the shoes, that, absolutely. So, so yeah. So excellent event. Extraordinary. And I don't know what the next... I don't know what the next goal is. I don't know what the next... Well, if they've got to do it in a race. Yeah. He's got to set it in a race. So mm. I'm, I'm still hoping for next year, either London or Berlin, Bikili and Kipchoge mm. going for it. Mm. I'd almost love to see two V formations side by side on the road. Yeah. <laughs> one group for him, one group yep. for him, and take off and see what that's they right. can do. So that's because what Bridget I'm Because Bridget then... That, the week after? No, that weekend. Same that weekend, weekend. Same weekend. In Chicago. Breaks the female. Female world record. And that's obviously, I still think that's almost just as big as what he did. And a lot of people are comparing the two. But that was Smashes an it. absolutely incredible run. Like, no one thought anyone was going to go close to yeah. Paula's. But obviously, she's got the pedigree given what she's run in a half marathon. Mm. People knew she was capable of doing it. It was just, could she actually execute on the yeah. day? And if you actually look at what her splits were, which I've got here, what she went out, she went out at... 210 pace yeah so she went through the first 5k in 1528 she was absolutely flying she was off on her own from the start held on and ran 21404 which yeah. is unbelievable so well done to her that's absolutely incredible for female running yeah in the same shoes wasn't it no she was in different shoes was so he see kipchoge was in the alpha flies which are the new ones that won't mm. come out till the end of next year no one's got them except for him yeah. um and she was in the next percent ah, okay so different pair of shoes she was in the one that everyone else was all the paces were in for yeah. Kipchoge's one but he was in the next level yeah. with the three carbon plates yeah it's a bit different but regardless 214.04 incredible absolutely a, incredible a time that not many people thought was going to be broken no not for a long time so um, yeah so yeah marathon incredible. running it's, it, was a, it was a huge month it was great to see month. but massive, it will make the Olympics month. next year in Tokyo just something to behold if they can all, if yep. they all show up. If Bikili's fit and healthy, if Which Kipchoge will be interesting because they'll kind of have to between, pick between the Olympics and Berlin because mm. they're close enough that they probably won't double in both because yep. they're quite close together. So it'll be interesting to see what they all do. 
around the end of next year. Yeah, I, I think they'd go the Olympics, wouldn't they? I don't know, Kipchoge's won a gold medal. What's he got left to prove there? Yeah, yeah, I suppose. Because he, obviously he's not going to break two in the no. Olympics. You it's going to be a hot yeah. marathon. They're not, they're yeah. just going and there for the gold and he's already won it. It's no paced, isn't it? Like it's, it's paced in terms of it's a tactical race. It's a tactical race. race. They're not so going to go out and run no, two or one. So, yeah, maybe Berlin know. instead. Don't know. Maybe yeah. London. London could be the throwdown race earlier in the year. Yeah, who, so, who knows? Yeah. All right, so uh, while we get into this, the Ned Kelly Chase, which is a, a, an event outside of Southeast Queensland, it's down in Victoria. That's right. Is that right? And it's a race over 100 kilometres, but there's also some other, other events down there. Mm-hmm. And before we get into it with the results, because it is one of Australia's big sort of road running events, before we get into that, I just need to say for everyone here, Kyle has broken another Australian record. Now, this podcast was set up to talk about local know, running events running. in southeast Queensland. So I've got a little plea here that Kyle needs to stop breaking national records so That's we can it. talk I'm about done. other I'm people. Done. The big thing that Kyle wanted to do was to break the, the 50K and the 100K under 25 record, and he's achieved both of those. And so congratulations. Seven hours 53 Three. for 100K on the road, which is, if my math is right, 448? 448. 444 so 448 was the, the record was, eight hours. was what you needed yeah so a massive achievement a huge achievement but now you're you're going to be turning 25 you go into the next age bracket i'm not too sure what the times are there but i think you've said to me they're quicker again yeah no chance <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so from look everyone from in southeast queensland who follows you congratulations it was a Thank huge achievement much. i've never seen him walking more or running more uh, sort of um, gingerly, would be the gingerly, word. yes, gingerly than the last week. Yeah, um, and I've never seen him s- s- struggle with fatigue and it as you have in the last seven days. But it must be a wonderful achievement. I've never been so happy to be sore. Yeah, I think was the way. What and I've you said the conditions were week. were superb. The conditions were perfect. Yeah. I don't think you could have changed anything. So we started. Obviously, the way that the race works is the goal is for everyone to finish all the races at twelve o'clock lunchtime on yep. the Sunday. So we all start in separate waves in about half an hour intervals. So it was also doubling as the Australian 100km championship. So the ladies started at 3am, we started at 4am, the guys. There was only five of us that started together in that last wave, which was, again, quite a unique experience. Um, But when we started, it was about two degrees, not a breath of wind, not a cloud in the sky. It was absolutely beautiful. So it was cold, but as soon as we started running, it was absolutely perfect conditions. And what was the course? So the course was two separate out and back. So we went out 25Ks and back, and then did a separate 25Ks out and 25Ks back. Um, First two hours for us was kind of in the pitch black, and it was basically... We ran around a couple of paths through Wangaratta, hit the rail trail, and we basically ran straight in a dead straight line for 17 kilometres out yep. to the turnaround, turn around and ran back. So which a similar was course to the actual Wangaratta marathon they have down there? I think it's a little bit different. I've, I've okay. again, never run that. I'm not actually too sure exactly yep. where that goes. I'd say there'd be similar paths that they'd use with that, but it was dead flat, dead straight, yep. and it was incredible. It was actually, the, that first couple of hours in the dark was probably some of the nicest running I've ever had because mm. it was pitch black. The stars were out, but you were there by yourself running along this path. Wow. It was absolutely incredible. And so you said this doubled as the Australian 100km championships for road the running, road running championships. Yes, for correct for the year. Um, so yeah, so talk us through some of the some of the results. So it was there was some really really fast times. So I'll start with the ladies for the hundred kilometres. So in third place we had Margaret Hadley. She ran eight hours forty three. Mm. Second place was Michelle McAdam. She ran eight hours fifteen. And Riyadh and Snipe ran 8.09.58 to wow. pick up the win for the ladies. So they're wow, both route. absolutely, they're world-class times. That's, yeah. that's amazing running by those ladies. So I actually obviously saw them. They started an hour before we mm. did. So I saw them and obviously during the turnarounds and they looked really, really strong all yeah. day. So I knew they were running quick. So sub 8.20 is, again, that's sub five-minute pace for mm. 100 kilometres. That's mm. incredible running by the ladies. So well done to everyone that was in that race. But those couple of times for the first three were lightning yeah. quick. So well done to them. And the men's. And then the men's one. So I managed to pick up third place, which was nice in 7.53.04. But the two guys that obviously came first and second, absolute class runners, and they were shot off from the start. Couldn't see them from the start. They Mm. took off and I only saw them at the turnaround. So obviously we had Dion, who's represented Australia in the 100km championships. He's run plenty of marathons this year. He was actually backing up after Melbourne Marathon, which he did two weeks before, around two hours 25. So I think that's incredible (laughs) in itself. He basically said, oh, I'm looking for a world championship qualifier. He ended up running a PB and he ran 7.03.30, wow. which two weeks after a 2.25 marathon is unbelievable. And for second. For second. <laughs> for second. He ran 7.03.30 yeah. for second. And that actually puts him in the rankings, all-time Australian rankings at number eight all-time. And he came second in the and race. You don't even win an event. Didn't even win. Eighth in the all-time. A little Australian event. So, <laughs> eighth the, all-time Australian. so the winner, so local yes. boy. 
Local Southeast Queensland. Absolutely. Everyone knows him in the Brisbane running scene. He's, he's, he's won many, many races, particularly the Brisbane Marathon. We all see him. I think he runs to in-training. He does. Um, so, Clay Dawson. Incredible. It was his first ever ultra marathon. He won in six hours, 54 minutes and three seconds, which first is absolutely ever. incredible. So, so I don't he's even... Never, he's never been past marathon distance. I don't know. Well, he may have no. a training, but he's never raced longer than I'm aware of. So... I don't, I don't even think he realised how good that performance was mm. when he finished. He knew it was a great run, but I don't think he realised how good it was. So that puts him number six all-time Australian. Wow. He's only the sixth Australian to ever how break seven hours. How old is Clay? Clay's 38, I think. Mid mm. to late 30s. And wow. that's unbelievable. So that time is absolutely incredible. So seven hours is 4.12 pace. So he's under that. So he was... It's absolutely incredible. So, yeah, so seven hours is 4.12 pace, which obviously is sub-three-hour sub three, sub three hour marathon pace. Well and comfortably. So he's under three-hour marathon pace for two, almost two and a half Again. marathons in oh, a row. Yeah. So well done, Clay. That's absolutely <laughs> incredible. That's an absolutely incredible run. It'll be interesting to see now where he takes up his spot because yeah. he'll automatically qualify for the Australian team for the world champs in the Netherlands towards yep. the end of next year. So I really hope he goes over because if he can do that in his first one... You know, we all know how much you learn every time you do an yeah. ultra marathon. So for him to do that first race, it'd be interesting to see where incredible. his mindset goes as well in terms of racing for next year. Does he focus on the marathon? Yeah. Does he now progress into the ultras, into the into the fifties and the hundred? And if he does, I think he's going to absolutely dominate. With I wonder the time if he's like going to come down to the Gold Coast for the GC fifty in December. Oh, he may do. I don't know. I didn't speak to him from about two degrees that, so to thirty two degrees. That would be different. very interesting. So no, amazing running by. By everyone who did that race, everyone did really, really well. And the trophy looked great. The trophy's great. You get a big, big, big Ned, Ned Kelly, Kelly head that you get your name engraved on, and that Clay will have his name on now. So, really, really cool yeah. trophy that everyone keeps getting every year. So, yeah. amazing event put on by Justin and Sharon down there in Wangaratta. And I think for everyone that wants to go down and tries to, wants to run a fast potential 50k or 100k time, that's the place to do Fairly it. Fairly flat course. Absolutely dead flat. So you know how you just said you got 300 meters in your 300 and however many meters you had in your 7k at oh, yeah, yeah. bar. Yep. I think I had 210 metres for the 100 kilometres. So they put that in perspective. It is dead flat. I think I'd still take number bar, though. Oh, yeah, no. After how I felt this week, I probably would as well. But yeah. incredible course, incredible conditions, amazing racing. So well done to everyone that was down there. And I'll quickly mention the 50k results as well, because, again, mm. lightning fast conditions. So in the ladies, um, Zoe Ravenscroft, I think that's how you pronounce her name. Sorry, Zoe. Fisher in 514. Ella Copping. 4.37, Amelia Griffith, 4.12, so great running for all those ladies. In the males, we had Nick Creek ran 3.49, Julian mm -hmm. Sinke ran 3.33, and Jai Edmonds, who's he's a year older than me, I believe he's he's a Kiwi, but lives yeah. over in here in Australia, he ran 3.11.12. He looked like he was out for a Sunday stroll. He looked like he did it very comfortably. So he went through the marathon in 2.42, ran 3.11.50 Ks, made it look very, very comfortable. Wow. So incredible running by Jai, so well done it's to him. such good shape, isn't it? Absolutely, it's Australian running or, or it's you know, running very, very exciting. So, great running wave run down there at the, yeah. the Australian 100k champs. And let's now jump from the Australian 100k champs back up here to our favourite loop. And we said we didn't talk about it in the September one, but in the October, in the August one, we said we were going to talk about how many goat loops had been done, which yes, is the 6.8k, 6.8k loop uh, in the Rang. And in August, there was about a thousand that had been done up until that point. Correct. So we forgot to mention it in September, but in the two months since, we're we now up to, to 1,240 goat loops. So we've wow. had another 240 goat loops run since the initial episode. So, so well done to everyone. It's 100 a month. 100, 120 goat loops a month. At 25 a week. So well done to everyone that's getting out on the goat yeah. loop. Let's keep that total going up. So 1,240. So very good. So maybe within a, in a year, yeah, ten, ten yeah, months, ten yeah, more absolutely. months. Someone's going to do. I've done the two thousandth goat loop. Goat loop. Absolutely. Let's keep that total. Let's see if it can be someone else other than Ben Deneen. Oh, it won't be. Because be he'll be like, living, won't he? it'll be him. He'll be watching that count go up just to be the the two hundred. He wants all those milestones. So yeah, no, go for it, Benny. He's probably added a lot more goat loops than anyone else in yeah. that loop, even in the last two months. So twelve hundred and forty. Let's keep track of that and see how quickly we can get it rising over the next couple of months. Absolutely. And um, so now let's let's look at next month. Um, into November. Yep. We're recording this. What is today? November the, Sunday the third. Sunday the third. So, um, so yeah. So November. It's a bit of a change, isn't it, in the running scene? Because obviously, in the cooler months, there's ultras. Um, there's a lot more road running. Uh, so November doesn't have a huge amount on. But last night in up at Noosa for the Noosa Triathlon, there was the Noosa Bolt. So we'll That's talk right. about those results in the next podcast. Um, well, was, I think at the end of October, or the very, I think it was Thursday night, or Friday night, there was the UQ Classic, yes, I believe, up in Brisbane. So we'll go there. through that because obviously over the summer, track running becomes a huge part of, of racing. It and does. It's something that I'm keen to get back into. 
at a master's level. Uh, so we'll talk a bit more about track running. We'll go through those results. Uh, obviously dominated by the younger, 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 younger runners. Um, I know people from Jackson Elliott's Run Co training group. Uh, they often do quite well. They in definitely it. do. So we'll, we'll come across that. And one in one race that uh, sort of sparked my interest was Halloween, which is a triple yes. A race where I think it's up at Debra on the northern suburbs of Brisbane, not too far from where I grew up. And it's a 1.25 kilometer out and back. And right. it's straight up a hill and back down, which is why it's called Halloween. And I think that's on the 9th of November, so only a couple of days away, um, or about a week away. And basically it's a three hour, six hour, and I believe a 12 hour. And it's just up and down as many times as you can. And it's about a 200 meter climb, and obviously negative 200 to come back. So oh, That makes me sore just thinking about it. So if you're interested in hill training or hill running and you want to do a bit, Halloween is the race to do. Uh, look on the AAA website for that one. Go for Entry it. Entry costs aren't too much because I don't think there's too many people who want to do it. <laughs> I don't imagine. Um, but yeah, so anything else on the radar for November? For well, you? the other thing obviously I want to mention, which I quickly mentioned before, is we've got the New York Marathon, yeah. which is on tonight. So obviously we'll go through and we've got a couple of, quite a few Aussies, male and female, going for potential Olympic qualifiers yeah. and really fast times over there. So we'll go through and see how they go, obviously, in the November issue. Obviously, we've got the next round of the SEQ Trail Series on yep. up at Pomona, so up on the Sunshine Coast. They get their turn to host one of the events, so that'll potentially sell out again like all the other ones, so it'll be good to see everyone going up and having a run up there as well. Um, other ones we've got, we've got the Great Southern Endurance Run 100 Miler down in Victoria, which is yep. obviously a very, very mountainous 100-mile mm. race, probably the toughest 100-mile race in the country, or up there, if not the toughest. So that'll be interesting to see how everyone goes there. But they're probably the main pick of races that we've got coming up in the next yeah. few months, but there'll still be plenty to cover. And I think, if I'm November. correct, in Brisbane, over at West End, the Brisbane Roadrunners um, Club there, which goes yes. out of the, the rowing club, I think, yep. is their base. Um, I think they've got their 5K uh, championships coming towards the end of this year. So if you're looking for a quick 5K time and you don't want to do it at Parkrun, head out to the Brisbane Roadrunners uh, Club at West quick End. Quick times run there, yeah. I can guarantee. Only one very small little hill. I've run it, I've run it a few right. times, yeah. I mean, it's a tiny little hill. It breaks up the race a little bit. Um, but that's on. So, as I said, not a huge amount happening in, in November because there's obviously a shift and a change in in, uh, in the racing calendar. But a lot of people are going to be training for the Duran Bar, the Gold Coast 50. GC 50 is a big race for everyone around here. Yeah, the old K to D bar, which I think there's, right. a, there's a lot of short course races in that now, as well as being the 50K and the, obviously the 30 and the relay, the 25K relay. And there's a 15, isn't there? Yes. Well. Um, so I think a lot of racing. people are just getting heat acclimatised for that. You'll probably find people are heading out now in the middle of the day to get a bit of training up. in. So yeah, so um, thanks again for everyone for joining us for the um, the October episode of this podcast. We hope you're enjoying it every single month. Uh, we're going to keep this going through the summer. We will. As I said, the racing changes over the summer, but um, we've had a few people who've messaged us and sent us a few bits of information about races that have been going on kind of like some informed sources, some unidentified runners who said they were there or they saw this happen. So yeah, if you see anything that's happened around the country or around Southeast Queensland or New South Wales, shoot us a message. Absolutely, and let us know. About it. But um, all the best for the next month. We, if we see you at some races or at Parkrun, which we said we're going to try and get to. We'll try. Then um, I'm not sure Kyle's going to be doing. I think he's having a bit of time off. Not doing too much. No running now for the next few weeks. Then. Not too much. Probably deserves it. Nice rest. But yeah, enjoy the uh, month of November. Um, Jump in a few races if you can, and we'll uh, we'll see you in a month's time. Absolutely, we'll see everyone then. Yeah.